You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? All right. This is season three, episode seven, also known as episode 43. And we have a very special guest joining us later in the program. But uh, usually we um, have a, a, a quick discussion or a review of what's been going on since the last episode, which I think is over a week ago now. So uh, I think we left off like the day after the election and it still wasn't settled. So what's happened? Uh, yeah. So the, the Republicans will have the majority in the house, but it's going to be a very slim majority. Um, we had, I think we might've talked about Boebert last time. She squeaked out a win in her race. Mm. And the, the big news in Washington, I suppose, is now there's going to be a special counsel named Jack Smith. Mm. who will be investigating Trump over January 6th and the Mar-a-Lago documents. And I saw him in his purple and black robes, and he kind of looks like a figure out of the Spanish Inquisition or something. Yeah, yeah. He's not the kind of guy I would want uh, investigating me. That's mm-hmm. for sure. He doesn't look, uh, looks a little on the serious side. He prosecutes so. like uh, crimes against humanity and stuff, right? <laughs> He does have experience in uh, in that field. Yes, not many people War do, crimes. but he does. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll have to see where that goes. Also, um, Trump just got uh, added back to Twitter today. Um, you know, Musk ran a, a poll, uh, and I think it was only up for a few hours, and then he just decided. You know, like Trump said, "Stop the voting. Stop the stop the right. counting." Right. So uh, Musk stopped the counting when it was like uh, 52 to 48. And he said, OK, Trump's back on. But uh, I, they, I saw that people were saying that Trump was not able to tweet because he's under exclusive contract to uh, Truth Social or something. Uh, well, the, yeah. See, the odd thing is he has his own social media company that uh, my understanding is is in a lot of financial trouble. Mm-hmm. And the big attraction to it well, I guess the only attraction to it is that Trump is on there. If you want, if you're in the Trump cult and you want to know what he's saying, that's where you have to be. So, and if you want to know when they're releasing a new commemorative coin, exactly right. (laughs) You know, new, new Trumpy bear or something like that. (laughs) But um, yeah. So if he goes back to Twitter, it undercuts his own business. Right now, at some point, I'm sure something will happen or, you know, he'll get a bug in he'll his ass out. and he's he's going to, well, he, he won't be able to keep himself away. If I, right. if I had to bet $5, I'd say mm-hmm. something will set him off and he'll come back to Twitter and do some epically bizarre thing. The other thing is that his lawyers are probably begging him not to because, um, you know, you just have to assume that all the legal stuff is going into some new, more serious phase and, uh, his tendency to go on social media and incriminate himself has mm-hmm. probably got his lawyers not not too thrilled. And by the so, way, we may have uh, you know uh, neglected to mention that also since the last episode, he announced that he's running again. Oh right, right, yeah. Well, I always assumed he was. So mm. yeah, so yeah, so that's in the works. 
Well, to brighten uh, to brighten our spirits, why don't we uh, bring on uh, our our guest uh, today? And oh, here comes Dee Dee. Here I am. Hello, Hello. Dee Dee. Hi. How can you, you hear us? Okay. I can. Yes. And we can hear you. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Robert's uh, been uh, eager to hear your voice again. I know. I've heard yours because I've listened to the podcast. Oh, great. <laughs> we have a listener out there. That's amazing. Wow. Maybe that's how we made 350. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing we want to do is uh, 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 sketch in the background here because uh, Robert and I did, uh, we, we refer to ourselves as Michigasin Malarkey or Mission Mal, but, um, yep. but uh, we did our origin story and uh, we think it's about, what is it, 35 years ago that we worked uh, together at New York Magazine? Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. And you too, enough. all of us. Right, all of us. Uh, you know, we had some other great characters that we talked about uh, on the origin story, you know, George and uh, yep. Larry and Mickey yep. and you know, yep. all the, the whole gang there. But what were some of your, uh, you know, we, we said that we would spend a few minutes just like going over like some of the greatest hits from then. What do you remember? <laughs> what do you remember most and best or worst? Uh, well, let's see. I, so I would say the worst was um, all of the smoke in the office with the windows that didn't open. Ah, like yes. that was a lot of smokers. I think you and I were the only two non-smokers. One of my Five. favorite, one of my favorite New York Magazine memories was the day the stock market was crashing, and the people in the ad department were all flipping out because I guess they had investments and they thought they were losing everything, and people were like running around screaming and frantically making phone calls. And I remember Dee Dee turned to us and said, what do we do in a situation like this? Should we like all go in the bathroom and pray? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought it was like, it, it, to this day, I always remember that as like the perfect encapsulation of that scene. Like everybody was, uh, was flipping out in the, uh, the New Englanders had actually like a practical idea. Let's go in the bathroom and pray. Yes. <laughs> and Dee Dee, you're in New England right now. I am in very New England. I am in Vermont with a and, crackling fire. Um, and uh, and you have your power on? My power is back on. Yeah, I, I arrived. I drove up from Cambridge from the house I grew up in mm -hmm. today. Um, mostly I live in Vermont, but I've been going down to be with family, my new niece and my mom. And um yeah, how I long, came up and had to put my you... ice creepers on. And... Oh, gosh. How, how long have you lived in Vermont? Oh, almost 30 years. It might okay. even be 30 years now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, but I but I I came here because of someone I met in New York back in those in those days. Yes. When we all knew each other. Yeah. And who was that? So that was Duncan Nichols. And we um, his his he, he has a you know, huge New York City uh, resume and his mom, his, yeah, we're no longer married. He's my husband, but, mm -hmm. but uh, his mom was uh, an investigative reporter for the Village Voice. Wow. And his stepmother was Grace Paley and his dad, Bob Nichols, redesigned Washington Square Park. So how's wow. that for a, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good, New York. That's a good pedigree. Yeah. It is. It is. And your two sons are now in their twenties, right? 
they're in their 20s and they're up in Burlington, Vermont, which was in the New York Times yesterday for having so many bicycle thieves. And um, <laughs> and you have so so um, when you left New York magazine, um, did you what what uh, careers or path did you take from there? Period of time, which was our own personal stock market crash when um, what's his name? Rupert Murdoch bought the magazine. Yes. Right? And, and, and basically you had two choices you could take on two people's jobs oh. for the same price as one, or you could leave. Uh-huh. And at that point I had already started um, teaching yoga and studying Shiatsu and was kind of heading onto a career in alternative medicine or mm-hmm. holistic health. And I thought, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take the door and head out to Seattle and go to acupuncture school. Wow. So I went, I went to acupuncture school and then I um, moved to Vermont and had a first, a, uh, well, back and forth. So a group practice and then a private practice and, or let's see, private practice and then a group practice. And then mm-hmm. um, in this tiny little town called Thetford, Vermont. Yes. We visited like you West. there. I know it was fun, and you had a hamburger salad. Right, I had a hamburger <laughs> salad, and um, the first hamburger salad I'd ever seen. Why, yeah, uh, and um, and now they're very popular because the people don't want to eat the bread anymore, right? Yeah. So, um, and then and we saw you in your, um, you know, your practice office there. Uh, yeah. And you had all kinds of uh, herbs and things, right? It looked like a yeah. You know, yeah. And how long did you do that? Yeah, I did acupuncture and holistic health for about 23 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was saying it was a really great career as a mom because I could schedule my own hours. Right. Um, and that was nice. And then, uh, yeah, I somewhere in there around 2005 or something like that, I was, I was heading to a... Um, kind of a festival that that the downstairs was um, alternative energy and like sustainability and the upstairs was alternative health and I thought huh what's the connection between those two this of what a strange combination and yet it makes sense so I actually sat down and started writing about uh, what would the principles be if you had sustainable medicine or ecological medicine? And I wrote out about 12, 12 statements and called it a manifesto. because mm. That was fun. And printed up a bunch of copies and handed them out at this thing. <laughs> and, and that was the beginning of me writing a book. Um, and then, and, you, you and then I book. spent like, yeah, then I spent about nine years um, trying to, trying to kind of piece it all together about what 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 would a sustainable healthcare system look like what does how does healthcare contribute or not contribute to uh to sustainability and climate change and resilience and all those different words we've used over the past 15 years um and uh and how you know how how does our the, the sterile way that we treat um, all our problems of killing off everything we don't want, how does that actually spiral out of control and make things worse? 
and what might a fertile, fertile way of caring for people and land look like? So rather than pesticides and antibiotics and, um, you know, all of that kind of thing, what does it look like when we nourished our microbiomes and uh, work with the microbiome of the soil? And that um, became, I remember you were looking for a title and you ended up with Ecology of Care. That's right. Yep. And the, and the impossibly long subtitle. What is so the I subtitle? I can't remember that. No, I can't. But what is it? <laughs> This is, so it's the ecology of care, medicine, agriculture, money, and the quiet power of human and microbial communities. Wow. Yeah, well, that and, makes sense. Uh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm actually very curious about that because I, um, I do some gardening myself and have a compost pile and all that. And uh, the, the soil health is like just, it, you know, it, it's something that really has to be worked on and respected and it in most places it just isn't you know it's just um, absolutely you know and um i i've become a fan there's a, a guy in england named charles doubting who's uh known as the father of the no dig method of oh, gardening yeah. yeah and um i've become a fan of his stuff and uh the idea that if even if you just have a small backyard garden don't spend a lot of time digging it just leave the soil more or less alone and uh layer compost on top of it and just let all the uh the microorganisms and everything just have their way under the soil it's actually healthier and it's uh closer to how people would have gardened thousands of years ago you know it's it's just natural things doing their uh, their thing it's how nature has gardened forever and ever right Right, exactly. Right. Like, you know, like a forest floor just would have, you know, leaves rotting down or whatever. Exactly. And, uh, you know, yeah. So. Or, or a grassland, right? The, you know, the animals come by and chomp things down every now and then, but nobody's digging everything up in small little places like a buffalo wallow. Right, but, right, right. So, so oh, that, that actually is everything to do with my current work which is all about um, whole system landscape function and the soil sponge, which is, which will not develop if you keep digging things up and tilling things. And uh, you know, the soil sponge is, is like a sponge underground. That's the structure, the structural and functional integrity of the soil that has tons and tons and tons of pore spaces and little tunnels in it which is how it holds water and how we have air underground for life underground to keep building the sponge and keep maintaining the sponge. And if we don't have a soil sponge, then plants don't have the water they need at their root zone and floods happen and droughts happen, which are two sides of the same thing. And um, our climate changes both because of the carbon cycle and the water cycle. And uh, it's it's a death spiral for for continents, and we've we've seen it happen, and it's it's happening pretty fast. So even if it's just your backyard garden, really understanding that we need that water to soak in is such a key thing about keeping regions cool through the evapotranspiration of plants and keeping plants and all of the soil life healthy and um, and preventing flooding and preventing drought and even preventing wildfires. So, 
Now, Robert's had a lot of water recently, right, Robert? Two hurricanes. Oh, yeah, ridiculous amount. Yeah, well, we had a, uh, well, a, a hurricane that was technically a tropical storm when it got to us, but it didn't matter. It just, I don't know, we got like 12 inches of rain or something like that. Um, so we, we were actually quite lucky that, uh, you know, we didn't get flooded, but a lot of people in the, in the state did. So Where you know, are you I mean, now, Robert? In, in Florida on the East, oh, on, the, on the Atlantic yeah. coast. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, you know, and the, I mean, these storms are, I mean, at least with hurricanes, you can prepare for them, but they're becoming kind of more unpredictable, it seems, in, in just what, what they do. I mean, everyone is different, but, uh, and they're just becoming relentless. Uh, you know, we, we've been fairly lucky in recent years, but, uh, you know, I mean, every, I mean, God, every time you turn on the news, there's like some extreme weather event somewhere and uh, it doesn't seem to be letting up any. Um, and you're about to um, launch a, a course. Is that, is that directly out of this of what we've been talking about? Yeah, it's, it's, um, this is a course that I've taught a bunch of times. I teach it more or less quarterly, although it's always evolving and changing a bit from one quarter to the next um, so there, um, this, this quarter's class starts tomorrow on November 21st, Mondays, and um, we get people from all over the world in it. And so the new title is the Soil Sponge Workshop, and it's, I always have to have an impossibly long subtitle. <laughs> the impossibly long subtitle is How the Biological Workforce Regulates Climate uh, and provides resilience against flooding, drought, and wildfire. Wow. And those are so, hot topics. Those are hot topics. There, there's a lot that we can do, and there's a lot that people are doing to, um, to cool local regions, to prevent flooding and drought and wildfire, to uh, grow food 365 days in regions that are struggling with drought. Uh, and to refill, you know, the, the groundwater supplies. And mm. there's just all kinds of cool stuff going on. And we don't hear about it because uh, it everybody wants to talk narrative. about the bad news, right? It doesn't, yeah. And it also doesn't fit the, the, the whole narrative about right. what, what has to happen for the climate to change back again. But it, it's really interesting stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're working on that because that's a good. Uh, now, tell us. How, it'll keep how, you out of trouble. That's a good use of your time. <laughs> where do people go to find out about this and your other, you know, your books and your, the, you know, other recordings that you have? And where, where do they go? Yeah. Um, well, the best sort of central place is www.landandleadership.org. And the and is spelled out. It's not an ampersand. That's memorable. Uh, yep. And then, um, and then the course itself, the, the the fastest way to find course, the whatever the current course and webinars and things like that are, lolly.teachable.com. What is so that? So Teachable is a course uh, online course platform, and L A L I is Land and Leadership Initiative. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I know how we could wrap up. Robert today on Twitter posted that he hit his uh, 5,000th mile 
So tell us about that, Robert. And I also want to know, how were you able to do that in the hurricanes? Like you were walking in the water uh, or on yeah, the water? I, I, did act, I did actually take a walk in ankle deep water to. Oh uh, well, Phil Deedy. Well, well, the, yeah. The, well, the background is I um, was working on a computer. So I'm sitting for many hours and I had gotten really sedentary and I was gaining weight. So. In early 2019, I decided I had to start getting back into my habit of walking. And uh, I started taking a walk every day. And I, I, I'm a great believer in um, trying 30-day challenges. Like if you can do something every day for 30 days, at the end of 30 days, you're either going to decide that's not for me or you'll be able to stick with it. So I thought I'll do a 30-day challenge. I'll make myself go out for a walk every day. And uh, I tried to walk about a mile and a half or two miles every day. So I did it and I got to 30 days and then I kept going and kept going and kept going. So today was the 1,379th consecutive day that I've gone out for a walk. Wow. And, um, today, and what I do is I measure the walk with the, the Google Fit app on my phone and then I always write down the, the distance in a spreadsheet so I can just kind of, I try to do 25 miles a week. That's sort of like a, you know, a basic goal. So I walk about three and a half or four miles a day. So uh, today I hit 5,000 miles. In my, Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And my walking streak. Yeah. With you, when now, didn't I, started, I send you, didn't I send you a commemorative t-shirt when you hit 2,000 miles or something? Well, or no, 3, that was... That was a thousand days, I think. It oh, was. okay, right. Yeah, yeah. It was about a year ago. I hit a thousand right. days, mm -hmm. and um, well, when I, you know, when I started, I really thought, well, I'll, I'll try a thirty-day challenge if I could go. At first, my legs were really sore. I thought, man, I'm not going to make it to seven days. But um, the nice thing about walking is the once you get into it, your legs kind of loosen up, and you're able to just keep going and. Uh, it, it takes, it's an hour a day. It's like, you know, I would, I used to get up in the morning and I'd look at Twitter and look at the news and I get all pissed off about everything. And uh, now I just, you know, go for a walk and it's, uh, it's better all around. So, you <laughs> know. Big, I'm a big walker, but my, my little dog who used to take me for a walk every day died this spring. So oh, I, I need, I need a new walking companion. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well that, you know, you get, get yourself a nice, uh, you know, a sheepdog or something that likes to uh, to be active and uh, get back to yeah. it. And yeah. you walked in the in in the in the hurricane in the ankle deep water. Yeah, well, I I try to, you know, because I have the thing about having a streak is that you really don't want to miss a day. I mean, it really <laughs> keeps you going, you know. Yeah. So um, when we had this storm about six weeks ago, the rain stopped by the middle of the afternoon, but the streets were and the sidewalks were kind of flooded. So what I did was I just put on a pair of old sneakers that I had worn out and, uh, you know, they were shot anyway and no socks. And, you know, I just went out and I took a walk wow. around the neighborhood and, uh, sometimes the water was like ankle deep. And, wow. uh, you know, when I came back, I had to like hose myself off because it was like all crap in the water, you know, like, yeah. 
palm fronds and things floating in the water. And you're lucky I, you didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, take a day off. I thought, oh my god, flesh-eating bacteria, right? Uh, right. Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, there was a guy who, uh, yes. who was killed by that, but uh, yes. fortunately, I, I dodged the flesh-eating bacteria bullet. But thank <laughs> you so much, Didi, and um, we'll come back again next week, right, with our uh, usual segments. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. All right. uh, We'll take it from there. All right. So stay well and talk to you soon. Okay. Take care.